Hello everyone, good evening and welcome to our first ever Thrive podcast. I'm Mason, the host for today um, and alongside me we have... Um, I'm Princess. I'm Jamal. And I'm Emma. Thank you very much. And today we are going to be talking about the main question, what is it like to be a young person in 2019? So I'm going to kick it off with that question and we're going to see different responses and we'll see where we go. Princess, what do you think it is like to be a young person in 2019? Well, I think in this day and age, is much more. there's much more freedom to be a young person. I think, I don't know when my parents talked to me about when they were young. It seems that a lot of things were more constricted and restricted. Like they had to follow a certain path. And if not, then the parents would be very disappointed in them. You know, there was a lot of pressure for them. Mm. I think now parents are kind of, you know, under like kind of taking that westernised, I would say, approach to parenting where it's okay to do what you want to do and it doesn't have to be the set, oh, I have to go to school and then I have to go to university and then I have to blah, blah, blah. You don't have to go to university. You can just start work. You can do apprenticeships, start your own business. You know, I think there's a lot more freedom and like room to grow and stretch. A lot more opportunities, isn't there? Yeah, and a lot more opportunities in the first place. Do you think that maybe then when some families are currently still having that traditional sort of outlook, do you think that is because of their previous baggage if, if that's the sort of term to use yeah. of their prior sort of experience I think that the parents a lot of them are um they've moved from their own original countries and they've moved mm. to a new country and they don't want to see they don't want their child to go through what they experienced they don't want them to struggle as much as they want them the, that they did themselves so they just want the best for their child it's not out of malicious intent or anything mm. But um, with that um, good intent, they don't realise that they're so stuck in their ways. They think that this is the only way to be successful and this is the only way to make money or good money. And with that, it kind of puts this kind of box. It puts their child in a box where they can't be themselves and they can't express who they want to be. Even if it's not even a creative thing, if they just want to be a builder, but the parents want them to be a doctor, it's, it creates a friction and it kind of, yeah. you know. yeah. That was quite interesting because you brought up it from a migration perspective as well. Mm. Do you think it's the same from sort of those people migrating from one country to another, from those people who are actually living in the country? It's more common in uh, people that are immigrants and migrants and people that are not from this country. But you do also see it in those that have that, that British values. This is what we want to do and this is how we must go. But I think people just like loosening up and just as people that are not from this country they're also loosening up too so hopefully in the future it'll be even better sounds positive yeah love that love that jamal let's move on to you so what do you think it is like to be a young person in 2019 anything so i think social media is one of the biggest like expectations people can have you now people are so worried about having bigger snap scores how many views they have how many followers they have on instagram and it's just society's totally changed from hearing about my parents' experiences, obviously technology, like, like I said, it's evolved again, and obviously um, you've, you've ghosted off social media, so <laughs> yeah. it's, to- it's, to- it's totally different. Um, I think maybe that is the way to go. Take a break from social media. I mean, obviously, with exams coming up, I'm definitely going to have to do that eventually, but it's it just changes the way you think about so many different things because you're always thinking, oh, should I do this? Oh, should I do that? Where you can't just live your life like freely, like, you're wondering what people are thinking about you con- constantly. So it's just expectations and technology is just a big thing that, to be honest, 
it it might have even impacted on mental health as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's definitely a strong link between the two there. Um, just a bit of context for our viewers. Um, so as of the first of January 2019, I went on a little digital detox. So I've got rid of my Snapchat, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and it's actually been extremely beneficial to me. I've found I've had a lot more time and abundance of time to do more work. Obviously, because um, I'm in sick form now, it's my work is a lot more demanding um shall we say um but yeah i found it extremely useful um i think after the first week it said on my phone my screen time went down 60 percent um and now i think i only use it even though it still sounds a lot i think i look on my phone and turn it on about an hour a day um exactly but it sounds a lot but actually compared to when you look at the statistics um like from your screen time in whenever i used to have five hours a day just even if that's just turning on the phone to look. And the amount of pickups was about 150 or something. And now it's about 20. It's really interesting. But yeah, brilliant point you pick, pick up on there about the idea of social media and how that does have a strong link to mental well-being. Um, moving on to Emma, what do you think it is like to be a young person in 2019 after sort of what Princess and Jamal have said? I think it's really, really difficult actually and hard because... It's really hard to express yourself because you're scared of what people will say slash believe about you. And I don't I don't feel like people give you that time to understand what what is going on in your life or what's really happening. And I don't I don't feel like people I feel like people perceive you on social media as different to people than what you are in real life and yeah. I don't think they give you the time to really express yourself. And especially with your parents, because they grew up in such a different time not time, but like different things were going on. Like social media wasn't such a big thing. Mental health wasn't really, it was a bit less, t it was like more taboo back then. And people just thought they didn't know, they, they didn't really know they had mental health problems. They just thought yeah. about It wasn't really tight labeled, was it? Yeah, yeah. that was the problem. Mm. And then like, I feel like people are scared to do things because they're scared what people will say. And I don't think that's right, obviously, because it's your choice what you want to do. And I feel like we, we need to get that message across 100%. Like, that's your, your own person. That's your choice what you want to do with your life. Yeah. I mean, you were saying about the idea that we need to change as a society. Do you feel like we have made any changes in that sort of direction, more positive, mm -hmm. in terms of how we address mental well-being and how we sort of promote talking about people's mental well-being to treat it uh, as someone once said at uh, the parity of esteem making the mental and physical well-being have the sort of equal importance mm -hmm. what's your opinion on that a hundred percent i feel like now we're not we accept it more as a as, <laughs> as a society altogether like we accept mental health a hundred percent more like there's more help available there's counseling for young people mm. and it's not an age like people think i feel like back in like maybe 10 years ago it was like oh you can't have a mental like problem at mm. age 12 like it was taboo wasn't it yeah, like, Almost, you, yeah. you're you're like young you, how can your life is good like you have no worries you have no bills to pay but that is completely different because we as young people today we face different challenges like cyberbullying like that was never how can someone like comment on something that they've never experienced or they've never had like they've never had at, to at that young that. age as well yeah, yeah 100% yeah. like how how can you say that's that's not gonna affect the person? Like get over it when that's you have never really understood that concept because you've never been in that situation. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And there's some very valid points we've got there. Um, 
what I did notice as we were going around, we've spoken a lot about the negatives of social media and sort of the negatives of being a young person in 2019. Now, my question is, what are the positives? What positives do we have that maybe out of social media, out of multiculturalism, etc., what, what we've been discussing so far? So, Princess, what, what positives do you think we've got at the moment? I think, um, although there are a lot of negatives, there's always a silver lining. And with, I think with social media and the globalization that's really taken a peak, I think it's amazing to see so many young people connecting. And even though it is a, there's a problem with, oh, we'll always have our heads down, we're always looking at the phones, we're never concentrating. I think that there's a whole nother world to be explored in our phones and in our computers and in on the internet <laughs> that we would have never experienced if we didn't have technology and if we weren't as fortunate to have um, grown up in the 21st century like this. And I think that although it does subject us to a lot of judging comments, and a lot of people that don't understand us or don't want to understand us, it also gets us to toughen up and realise that in reality, whether it's on the keyboard or not, whether it's online or not, people are going to judge us and people are going to say something, but it's about how we view ourselves and how we take what someone has said to us and how we flip it. And we realise that we're more than just a comment, a mean comment or what other people say about us. We're what we want to be. You can be whoever you want to be. You don't have to subject yourself to the thinking of others or to the ideas of others. And I think social media and seeing other people being strong really helps young people gain strength themselves, you know, mm. and with like mental health and being mindful, mindfulness. It, I think being exposed to all this data and all this information that's literally at our fingertips, if you want to understand how to be happier, if you want to understand how to love yourself, you can literally just look it up. WikiHow will tell you how to do it. And <laughs> It's very useful, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's not a one-step process. It's a lifetime thing, self-love, and especially at such a young age since we're exposed to so many people that are perfect and whatever society's ideas yeah society's concepts are perfect it's a process that we have to undertake but i think being able to you know we don't have to go to a library to find out how to love ourselves anymore we don't have to trek down memory lane you know it's just mm. like literally there we can see other people who have gone through their own journeys and we can be inspired to take up ours there was quite an interesting thing you said about um the idea of comments on social media and how it's almost like a life sort of curve do you think that maybe it's, is it really beneficial? Do you think that if it were to be avoided, if they weren't to be there in the first place, the comments, do you think that, I'm trying to get to the point. No, I know what you're <laughs> do saying. You know what I mean? Do I feel like it's better off without yeah. the mean or negative comments? And Imagine no, if it wasn't there at all. I don't think like, so. Okay. Because it's not a, life is not perfect. Life mm. is not um, a picket fence. It's not meant to be everything's good. Everyone loves you. That's, you're not going to like everyone. Everyone's not going to like you. And the technology on the internet exposes us that, exposes us to that much quicker than some would like to. But it also brings us back to reality, even though we're not even in reality. And it's just like, that's life. You shouldn't expect everyone to love you. And even if it's irrational, if someone's just like saying something incorrect, oh, well, it's a thing where who cares? It's resilience. We need to build up resilience. Yeah. very powerful Cringy. thank you very much <laughs> Jamal what positives do you think 
we have as young people in 2019. I mean, definitely like Princess, like you were saying with the multicultural belt, you're getting to experience so many different things from around the world. So you can get, you can really get more inspiration from other things as you wouldn't have before. I mean, I know I've developed idols from seeing on social media, whereas before my main idol was football. It was always watching it on TV. So it's definitely a way to develop and inspire maybe even the younger generation into a bigger thing, such as sport or even their own aspirations that they may have. Um, yeah, yeah. You were talking about idols and how sort of you can find it, you can find them sort of more accessible and yeah. all the time sort of on, on social media. Do you feel like sometimes though that those idols can be unrealistic in their image? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, train. I know there's a lot of things going on TV where obviously news is somewhat fake and you have all this fake news on social media but it's I guess it's about finding the right kind of thing right kind of person like things, people that are doing things with good courses I know there's a lot of YouTubers that are now starting charities um, even this new new whole Fortnite thing they're using the money they're getting from that to develop charities and to help people that are less fortunate and things like that so it's all about like being persistent with it and understanding what they actually do. Yeah, definitely. And it's definitely about find, making sure you find the right sort of media, not yeah. the media which may dissuade you or take you down a path which is actually unrealistic to sort of reality, if you know what I mean. Um, moving on to you, Emma. Um, what are the positives of being a young person in 2019? Jumping on social media again. How you do have good role models on, yet, on there, but you've got to think about, is that going to change you as a person? Is that going to make you be a different type of person? Like, are you looking up to these people for the right reasons? Are these people going to make you love yourself more or want to change yourself for other people's point of view? And then back to your question is I think we have a lot more opportunities these days compared to back then, like... Um, being going onto women, onto like women, women can really do anything now. I believe, and I think that wasn't the case back a little while ago. Yeah. Because we wasn't, we we. I don't think we were seen as equal, and I just think that's so much. That is so much better now. Like we proper developed society, and also school has become more aware of mental health a hundred percent. Like it's not all about learning. And, like, you, there is that support system there, I feel like, now with, like, counsellors in school, um, like, a pastoral team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, a senko, things like that. Like, they are more aware and, and they're not just 100%. They're more focused on your mental health as well as your physical health as well now. Because yeah. with, like, PE, like, it's all about physical health. But then what happens about your mental health? Like, you, you have exercise every week, you have PE, but... Designated time. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, how how can you're saying they go hand in hand? Like society, like the government is saying they go hand in hand. But where is that mental health time? Yeah. Definitely yeah. interesting. And just because we're all from a whole variety of different schools, Jamal, does your does your school have that same sort of support system? Yeah, we have we have the peer mentoring service. Um, we've also had equally had um, organisations like Cooth come in and Childline come in to talk about mental health. So it is definitely getting bigger and getting more aware out there. So it's definitely a positive. Definitely, yeah. And Princess, what's your opinion on sort of from your school experience? Well, 
Um, I know that Jamal's school is very good with like mental health mm. and getting involved with all that. My school, I think they were quite hesitant at first. It was from when I was first in year seven and I first joined. There's been a very big um, change before the pastoral team. She there was an amazing teacher, but she didn't really have other teachers backing her up. Sure. So it was very lacking. It didn't. There was a counselor, but they left, and it just didn't seem like they were putting a lot of emphasis on mental health. It was just more about the grades and getting what you what they want for the average. I think um, in 2018, though, I saw a big shift. We now have Head Start in, and we have a designated. Um, safe space which sometimes is used as a meeting room but that's okay <laughs> that is okay it's not okay but that's okay and i think they are um kind of seeing the impacts that mental health does have on young people especially if they want good academics then you need happy children because yeah. unhappy children create unhappy grades there is a fundamental link between the two as well isn't yeah there? definitely completely agree you were saying about even though you laughed it off about the idea of a meeting room sharing the same as sort of a counselling room, what is what's your opinion on sort of that difference? Because it does it for for the young person themselves, they want complete conf- confidentiality, don't they? Um, so, what do you think the implications could be on that? Has that impacted sort yeah. of? Definitely, because um, well, with my little school council, oh, my school council children <laughs> advertising there, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with the school council children, um, we were discussing action plans. And a lot of them have needed the safe space and have not felt that it's been used, been used sufficiently. And they've said that they, it did struggle with confidentiality. Sometimes you could just, you, not sometimes, if you look in, you can see who's in there. Peek round. What? Look yeah. in? Yeah. Wow. You know, there's okay. a nice juicy window. No blinds. Um, I think they might have changed that now, but there were no blinds at that point. And it was a thing where you just get lugged in there. So, um, that was, that really upset me because I was like, if you're going to create a safe space, it actually needs to be safe. It shouldn't just be talk and, oh, yeah, we have a safe space. It should be a thing where there's action put into it and there's, yeah. they're actively trying to create a place where students can go if they feel, you know, certain levels of stress or anger or any type of emotion. They can go there to be happy, to be sad, to be whatever they want to be. So we decided to um, actually apply for Head Start funding and decorate the room and make it more um, cosy and make it more happy rather than it, it's really, it's bland, it's very bland, it's just white and a chair and a table, it's nothing else. So sort of making it more comfortable yeah, and more approachable for yeah. the young people, yeah. And stress toys, so it did, Um, there does seem to be kind of a connect, um, communication issues between schools and students, but that's why um, schools are not going to know how you feel if you don't shout it at them, you have to step forward and you have to take charge if you feel like something's inju- unjust or um, improper, you do need to take the initiative to correct it yourself instead of just complaining. Yeah. Do something. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, so one of the main topics I've sort of gathered from what we've been talking about is multiculturalism and how that's um, sort of had several implementations on what it is like to be a young person in 2019. I mean, obviously, since Windrush after World War II, um, we've been experiencing in the UK in particular huge flourishing of different cultures um, emerging together um, in some areas really, really positively, like Leicester, for example. In other areas, for example, Brixton, um, you obviously had the Brixton riots in 1981, which was obviously an example of how there were maybe flaws within the sort of integration of different cultures. So... I guess my question is for our sort of next topic, 
how has multiculturalism impacted sort of the the younger generation and how we sort of socialize with one one another has it caused conflicts um between different sort of cultures um jamal would you like to go first um i don't really see there's like any conflicts it's all it's all mixed in now everyone's starting to be seen as equal so i don't see i don't see many negatives come from it obviously like you said with the rights it was it was totally different then but now it's it's definitely evolved, especially in schools and in younger in in younger gener- generations. Yeah, yeah. Um, Emma, I think um, it's a hundred percent changed. Like from because we've gr- like grown up with like all different cultures around us, and I think that's really really helped us like grow as people and be more accepting of people. Because you need that. Like, I feel like we've a hundred like us as like people here today like we've grown up all different cultures and that's helped us become the people that we we are today and like also i think i don't know like it's it's like no i get where you're coming from yeah no, like, but do you do you feel like you've have even though we're very sort of embracing with multiculturalism in our area have you witnessed sort of Areas of discrimination, discrimination, yeah. racism, examples yeah. of that. Yeah, hundred percent. Like even people say it, it's it is a lot better now, but you do still get them, the incidents where it happens, which hundred percent is not right whatsoever. But I feel like as a whole society, we we hundred percent have moved on. But we, I feel like we do have still a lot of learning to do, and a lot more accepting. And I just feel like every, I don't. Personally, my personal opinion, I don't think everyone is on the same level. I think everyone should be put on the same level. Everyone has the same rights as everyone because we're all human and no human is better than another. Yeah, yeah. Well put, well put. Princess, what is your opinion on multiculturalism? Um, yeah, like with what Emma said, I think that it's our world is very diverse, obviously, because we live in Britain, which is um, the UK. It's so diverse, especially Gravesend. Our area is incredibly, like, there's so many different types of people from all these different walks of life. And I think with that does come a lot of prejudice and a lot of discrimination. And I, obviously, it's not crazy um, <laughs> as it used to be before. Um, I feel like, especially as a black girl, I'm very fortunate to have grown up in this um, environment. I feel like I am genuinely accepted, but there are also a lot of flaws and a lot of people that don't want to accept people that are different to them for whatever reason. Maybe it's the way they, the way they grow up. Maybe it's just because they don't like other people. And you're never going to get, you're never going to get a general consensus in this, in a way that you're not going to get everyone to agree with themselves, with each other. You're not going to get, we're not going to eradicate racism all of a sudden. We're not going to eradicate discrimi- discrimination. People are always going to hate but it's more about taking that hate and making it extremely taboo um, in the way that how mental health used to be taboo. That's how discrimination and prejudice should be. T- it shouldn't be a thing where we have our presidents out here um, teaching hate to um, the list, his listeners. You know, it shouldn't, that shouldn't be allowed. It should, it, that it doesn't make any sense, I think, personally. And I think um, we're, we've taken... St- it's like taking five steps forwards and like two back it's we seem to progress and then we digress and i think i don't know if we're gonna make it when i'm alive i don't think we are but maybe there'll be one 
day where like this type of discrimination is completely like that's it's crazy yeah it's like almost it's crazy to act like that or to do something like that but we'll see yeah i mean some lots of people say that multiculturalism and sort of the, the impacts of it such as racism and discrimination it's some people comment that it's extremely prominent in today's society but obviously if we do compare it to the past it has changed fundamentally and i, I believe for the better um especially in terms of recognition from a parliamentary level as well um, i mean give for example the 2010 equality act which made um nine different categories um discrimination of that illegal uh, that that just shows the the extent to which sort of our society has actually recognized that um discrimination against certain categories of um of d- diverse and different people um how it really is becoming recognized and it it's actually government has gone and said that actually no this is not right and that we do need to change our ways um and as a result i do believe that that's we're, we're making a step in the right direction obviously we're not perfect and we do have still have a lot of steps to go to to reach our goal um but yeah I'd, I hope that um, we will be able to get there in the end, um, slowly but surely. Um, and yeah, one step at a time. Let's so, yeah. baby. Love that. Let's go babies. Let's princess. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that is the end of our podcast today. Um, I'm Mason Rocard. Um, we also have had... Uh, princess Higwe. Jamal Hildoris. And Emma Edjo. Thank you very much for tuning in with us today and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.